Tony and Matt Max are here on this Thursday at 2.34 p.m. We could be live on other things, too, but yeah. we already know why we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course not. <laughs> we could be live on on other outlets, but yes. um, we're but um, there's a freaking um, there's a couple of uh, gatekeepers, gatekeepers that are um, yeah. playing us. But, yeah, lo- losers, more like uh, it. My goodness, but yeah, what a week though! What a week! Um, one week since the NFL draft. Um, mm-hmm. Zach great Wilson. Draft night. Zach Wilson is now a New York Jet. We kind of knew that was going to happen. Yep. Um, great draft for both local teams. Great, great draft. Dave Gettleman did a great job. You may hate Joe Doug, Joe Douglas, dude, but he did his thing in this draft. I think they should have drafted thing. one more lineman instead of all these corners, and they should have got at least one more lineman because if you look at a BYU, Zach Wilson had all the protection in the world. This was a guy that was barely touched in college. So you now you know what the Jets line is like, especially if you look back at their history. Too. Yeah. <laughs> So if you look back at the Jets' history of their offensive lines, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, you had Nick Mangold and and Ferguson, the Brickishaw Ferguson. Besides that, the Jets have always had a crummy offensive line, which has probably been the case set in the standards of why quarterbacks fail in New York. No time to throw, constantly being pressured, injured. Look at Mark Sanchez. I mean, went down with that shoulder injury. That was the end of them in that Giants preseason game. There we go. Offensive line again. The offensive line, though, is something that Joe Douglas has always stressed the need to improve. And he did back to back seasons last year. The, they were, they were overall last year. Yep. No, 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 no. Uh, no, the no, the Jets were actually like a like. Oh no, no, no. I, I couldn't hear because the Zoom stuck. Yeah, no, they they picked the lineman last year, Mackay back then. I believe he was eleven for twelve overall. So they, and then, they then this year, then this then this year they trade up their second first round pick for Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC Elijah. USC product, and we know who else was a USC product. Yeah, my goodness, we know, we know how much you don't like USC products, man. But like. This is this is how you develop a team. It is a man. left a left hand a left side wall to guard Zach Wilson. How it, that's really that's what you got to do. You do, but what about the right side? That's the real question. You got the left side buckled down, but where's the right side? Is it secure? Who, who's even starting at right tackle and right guard for this team? Isn't it? Isn't it Greg Van Roten? <laughs> Greg, you mean, you mean Greg Van Rotten? Like <laughs> Greg Van Rotten, Gang Green. If it's okay. right oh <laughs> my goodness! And who's Connor McGovern? And who's, well, he's at center. Oh, I thought um uh, Spencer Long was still the center. Oh, oh wait, no, he was worse. Oh, he could snap for he could snap for shit. Yeah, that- <laughs> Remember that Miami game? Remember the Miami game? He he, he had two snaps that flew over Darnold's head. Like I remember that. Then they shipped him to Buffalo. Yeah, and then I think he started playing good there. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I think he. I think he became like a Pro Bowl center when he was in when he was in Buffalo. Nah, nah, nah. But 
McGovern, yeah, I think McGovern is back as the center. I think if you want to check out the jet the, the Jets depth chart. I really want to see this now. It's, it's this. all changed up now since the draft. It's changed because of see, the move that they I made. See, but this I want to see this revamped offensive line because this is going to be the key to Wilson's success. You've got the receivers, you've got a tight end in here that we'll see how he does, you know, Chris Herndon, if he's even going to be active. Um, oh, don't forget Dan Feeney, who they signed in the offseason. <laughs> Dan Feeney, oh, man. Dan, Dan Feeney. Feeney, Ryan Griffin, oh, my goodness. Oh, that tight end. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, dude, like, that, that's why I'm asking to put up, pull up the depth chart because when you draft guys like Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, you're going to – like. <clears throat> You're gonna need these these, these linemen to hold down the fort here. Corey Levin, Corey uh, Connor McDermott, Connor McGovern, Mc, hey, Connor McDermott, the wrong yeah. person. Connor Jimmy McGovern. Murray. <laughs> uh, are these? <laughs> these are well, the, what's the, the, the Elijah Vera Tucker, who's probably gonna be at left guard. Mm-hmm. Greg Van Rotten. Oh boy. So you're saying that it's probably so who do you think is going to be the starters? It's going to be it's going to be Vera Tucker. Mm-hmm. Vera Tucker, Beckton, McGovern Center. Mm-hmm. I guess Van Roten at, at, at right tackle. Mm-hmm. And who's 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 to be right guard? Right guard, you're looking at the either maybe Dan Feeney they're gonna plug in there just by looking at all these pl- picks that they have on their list. They don't list them descriptively at all. It just says OL, OL, OL. What about what about uh, good old George Fant? George nah, he's Fant. Oh, he's good. He's no, he's in there. So he's in there. Yeah, Alex Lewis too. That's 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 cool start, Alex Lewis. Yep. But if if this line can just give Wilson at least two and a half, two and a half to three seconds of, of time to throw the ball, maybe dude, maybe they could, maybe he can turn Corey Davis into a star. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he could turn Denzel Mims into the next Julio Jones. I mean, maybe. I, I like, but we're just gonna have to wait and see, man. But, but the Jets did a really good job. They did. Now okay. with the Giants, because I know you wanted alignment with that first pick. You you gotta get into how you feel about the Eagles screwing you twice this year. Because if you look at what they did when they pulled <laughs> they what they did during that game out. against the Cowboys when you could have went to the playoffs. And no, then the Giants, no, the, the Giants beat the Cowboys at MetLife. Oh, it was the and, Eagles. And the Eagles Eagles were playing the Redskins the football team. Yeah, that's right. It was the the Washington football team, that's and the right. Eagles pulled and the Eagles pulled their starters out, and they had Nate Sudfeld come in, and he just crapped the bed on purpose. And <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they just the Giants just sit right there at their draft pick, and all of a sudden, the Cowboys make a deal with the Eagles. The Eagles move in front of the Giants in the draft to take Devontae Smith. <laughs> oh well, they knew that was coming. I'm telling you, man, they knew that. I, I told you, Gettleman wanted. Smith bad and and they hosed the Giants again the Eagles I know I knew that they were going I I just had that feeling that they were going receiver Kadarius Tony like 
out of Florida, the Gators. Yeah, like, I guess it's another weapon. Hopefully this kid can show up, actually, like, do a good job here because this is your first-round pick here, man. Like, this is now – it wasn't just the fact that – um the Giants traded back from where they originally were mm-hmm. with the with the um, Chicago Bears. That's right, and they selected Justin Fields. Now they now here's so they so the deal with the Eagles and the Cowboys goes down. Gettleman decides to leave that spot because he knew that Devontae Smith was gone. I think that was I think that was the plan all along. He traded back with the Bears, and the Bears may have found their may have found their guy in Justin Fields, man. That could be the first you talk about the Bears, man. The Bears have been in the NFL since like since like the 20s. Mm-hmm. They're one of the original NFL teams. They have not had a legitimate, consistent starting quarterback in their history. Nope. They have one Super Bowl. 85. That was, that was 1985. And that was with one of the one of the best defensive once best defensive teams of all time it wasn't and, based on quarterback and the greatest play. running back of all time walter payton yeah so this could be the guy here justin Fields. so and because of that urgency to get that quarterback the giants got another first round pick for next year yeah, they did. that's what really matters so the jets and giants both have first two first round picks next year and what's good about the giants case is let's say that 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 the bears absolutely suck and then you have it, they t- they could be in the top 10. They could be in the top five. I mean, yeah. you have no idea. I mean, you'd assume that Justin Fields is going to make a big difference. You do assume that. But hey. We'll have to wait and see on that as well. But some teams got new quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. As you know, we just said Justin Fields went to the Chicago Bears. The Patriots. Max I Jones. told you, man, Belichick had his eyes on on one of them. And Mac Jones is now with the Pats. Did you see during the Twitter with the pro days from Mac Jones when he threw a pass down the field? Belichick was shaking his head. And people were speculating that maybe he didn't like Mac Jones. So it's interesting that he went that way. I think he had to go that way. You better hope he, he turns out. But did you see his walk? Mac Jones, the way he was walking up to the podium when he got yep, called. he was like, yep, I'm about to get six rings here. Yeah. <laughs> six rings with this team. Like, nah, like, it's a really good pick. Um, I, well, my honest opinion, I think Belichick was somewhat, was somewhat hopeful that Trey Lance was not going to get picked at four. No, at three by the, um, the uh, Niners by the Niners. I told you, man, Trey Lance was very mature for his age, a true professional, um, displayed class, had good numbers. Um, just the, 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 the type of quarterback that Belichick truly likes, but he was taken at three by the Niners. They had every right to do that. Can you believe the disrespect by Jimmy Garoppolo? This is a guy that brings your team back to relevancy, brings you back to the Super Bowl. All you hear around the league is, he stinks, he's horrible, and all this stuff. We know he's good. 
he's good, man. But like your biggest, what is it? Oh, what's the term? Um, your biggest ability is like is availability or something like that. Like, I think I I think that's what the phrase is. When you suffer injuries at the rate that Garoppolo has suffered them. That's not good in the eyes of teams. It's and in not. the NFL, it doesn't mean he stinks. <laughs> oh no, but I mean, <clears throat> listen, man, he was he was he was outplayed in that in in that Super Bowl. You gotta understand that Mahomes outplayed him in every facet. But also, man, the injuries just get to you and your organization because you want to have you want to depend on this guy. That's what quarterbacks need to be. You need you need, you need to depend on your quarterback to be there. Every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whichever time of the week your game falls on, they got to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This I isn't baseball saying. where this isn't baseball where, where you could plug in guys here and there and go uh, next man up. Nah, can't or do ben, it. Or bench your shortstop because he's batting 100 and he stinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two different sports. Yeah. Football, your quarterback has to be depended upon. Why do you think why do you think the Jets were so bad when Darnold was out with mono? And why do you think I mean would they have been a much me, better if he was in there? You're telling but you're telling me that Douglas honestly, you're telling me that Joe Douglas had the had the interest of getting rid of Darnold just because of performance. He saw the injury history. Mm-hmm. You saw how this guy can't stay on the can't stay on the field. Why should I dedicate my time to this kid? First off, he didn't even he didn't even draft Arnold, so that's a whole other thing with Joe Douglas. But he's terrible. And, and but can Mel Kiper keep his performance? Can, it was on his. Oh, yeah. It was on injuries. I think this should have been based on performance too. I mean, Darnold didn't do anything that didn't do anything that wowed me. I think it was the right move to move him. You know how I feel about that. But then I have to listen to these analysts on draft night, Tony, such as Mel Kiper, who should keep his mouth zipped when he said that. Oh, Jets should have stuck with Sam Darnold. This media gives this kid a pass, like he's Joe Montana. Are you kidding me? He had, he didn't take the Jets to the playoffs. Where were the wins? He couldn't even win football games. They're saying, oh, they should have kept Sam. They should have just rolled with him and got all these players around uh, him. But like I said, but but like I said on draft day, you have you had two first round picks. If you would have kept Darnold, you would have had your quarterback situation figured out automatically. You could have used those two first round picks on other positional needs that you had to absolutely fill no matter what you could have used you could have and you didn't even and you wouldn't even even had to have used those picks you could have you could have traded down for the for the for the number two pick and gotten more picks have joe douglas be more creative with his picks like When you have a quarterback hole, Zach Wilson was just taking away one of your picks. Now you were left with one other first-round pick to do other needs, which they did. 
with with Elijah Vera Tucker. I think that's what Mel Kuyper was trying to say. <clears throat> Mel Kuyper is just a Sam Darnold lover. That's all it is. Uh, anytime you hear Sam Darnold come out of his mouth, it's a love statement. It's a love fest. The kid stinks. We I saw how terrible he was in college at points. I mean, do people forget about the fumbles? People forget about the interceptions. I mean, this, these only transpired in the league. We talk about it all the time. Those plays on on double coverage, triple coverage when he's fading to the right or he's on one foot and he's just throwing away interception. We've seen it over and over and over again. Let's see what mm-hmm. he does in Carolina. And and if he does do good, I don't have no regrets because I know he wouldn't be doing it on the Jets. Well, you got to figure, man. Oh, who did the Panthers draft? They drafted that they, they didn't, didn't they draft JC Horn? Yep. The cornerback. So, mm-hmm. so they helped him on defense. Yeah. They didn't draft an offensive lineman or a receiver because I remember Kuiper saying, wow, they didn't give Darnold help. I mean, he's just a Darnold stand. <sighs> well, you got to admit, dude, Darnold, I think, has a ton of ability. And a lot of these analysts, they remember stuff from from they they remember their pro days. They remember his pro day was how these guys, but they remember how these guys played in college. Sam Darnold had a ton of talent in college. They see potential and they don't let go of it. Like I didn't see any potential. I'm sorry. I looked at his pro day. This guy was literally throwing ducks in the rain. He thought he was going to get drafted number one overall. Why? Because you went out in your pro day and threw in the rain. I'm just, you know, I get that I sound like a Darnold hater, but I just don't understand the hype around this kid. I wasn't for, I wasn't in the suck for Sam crowd. I was in the Baker Mayfield, maybe draft, draft Josh Allen crowd. And it looks like I turned out to be right. Those are two franchise quarterbacks right there. Pretty much. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson did have a, did, did have an off year this year. But like, it, he still he he still made the playoffs. The yeah. Ravens were still there. Where's Sam? We're <laughs> sitting hey, at home. You know what? If it wasn't for Josh Rosen, he would be the he 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 would he would have been the worst quarterback in that draft. And he would have been because Baker Mayfield won a playoff game. Josh Allen was in the was in the AFC yeah, championship, championship game, and I'll tell you this: they came. In, they had a they 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 had a prime they had a prime opportunity to beat that Chiefs team. Patrick Mahomes was hurt. They had Chad Henney, the backup quarterback, come in for Kansas City, and they couldn't stop Henney. They did, and they couldn't stop him. I thought that Kansas City was dead in the water right there. I've said, oh well, all right, you lost your you you lost your. You lost your legendary quarterback here. Like, I guess that's it. The Bills are going to run all over him. It didn't. It just didn't happen, man. Nope. But Josh Allen was there. What big, meaningful games has Sam Darnold played? Listen, I'm not somebody that's like that's like that's like against you. I am. I'm just trying. But like, I'm just trying to explain why the analysts are saying what they're saying. Because they know that the Jets had had two first round picks and plenty of holes on the team. If they would have kept Sam Darnold, you wouldn't have had to worry about the quarterback. You could have used those two picks to go and get a lineman, 
and also a cornerback or a tight um, end, a, a tight end or another receiver. You could have, you could have drafted, you could have drafted Kyle Pitts at two. You could have, you could have drafted Penny Sewall at two. You you could have done all so many different things. You could have traded back. You could have gotten a later first round pick and a bunch of other picks in, in the same draft. You could have, oh my goodness, you could have done so much more if you well, just kept the quarterback. And we'll be discussing this in three years when Zach's going to be on his way out the building. No, no, no. I hope he isn't. I there's something about this kid. I just feel as though he may be the guy. It has a, there's a different feel. He better be, dude. Because did you see his? Did you see his pumped up attitude walking on that stage? Yeah, I saw. High five and fans going, "Whoa, yeah!" yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, like you better be, you better be throwing upwards of, of 50 touchdowns a season, man. And you better be winning division titles. You better be bringing this team to the postseason consistently because. You can't be going out there saying like, "Oh, I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's gonna be a great opportunity." Ugh. We're going to the Super Bowl. No, no, but I love that attitude that he went up to it. Because when do you ever hear a Jets quarterback who gets drafted say that we're going to the Super Bowl? Darnold never did that. He never said that. The only thing I heard him say was uh, uh, that that's crazy when he was sitting at the table when Baker Mayfield was selected over him because he was better than him. And then when he gets his jet helmet fitted in the locker room, he goes, "Ooh, that's money." I mean, what a I can't stand him. I'm so glad he's in Carolina. Uh, but Wilson, there's just a different feel about him. I think he's going to have success here. I think LaFleur wants to see him strive as well as Joe Douglas. You saw what he said in the phone conversation. I don't know if you looked at the phone call in the draft oh, with no. Zach Wilson. He said that this organization's only going to lift you up. We're not going to bring you down. And that's, I've never heard that said before, but Douglas said that. Yeah. It, it remains to be seen. It, or this remains to be seen. But he said that he said yeah. that this organization, this organization is going to lift you up. Funny. They, 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 they didn't lift up Sam. No, because he stinks. He was bringing they, us down. They didn't lift up Sanchez. They didn't. They don't lift up many people, but now they're just going to lift up Zach Wilson. Philosophies change when you start winning. Culture change. Culture changes when you win. If Listen, you're man, not winning, if you're not winning, you're not lifting jack. That's true. It's all about the winning culture. But at the same time, I'm remaining optimistic about Wilson. How many years are you giving Wilson? How many years am I giving Wilson? I well, gave well, I gave Darnold two. After his mono session there, I was like, see you, kid. I just I, I lost interest in him. And then he comes in the, the, the section, it's the second year. We're wondering if they're the 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 0 and 7 team or 6 and 2 team. The wrong question. That's the wrong question. The, you shouldn't be asking how many years are you giving this quarterback? It's how many years are you giving this coach? Mm. Because it's the coach that's going to determine whether this quarterback is going to succeed or not. He's the play caller, he's the one pulling the strings, like he's it. the one pep talking this team. And the fans need 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 to get checked on that too, and the media. Robert Sala, let's go. I, you if, look at, hey, you know what? You look at you look at the Robert Sala the same way I look at Sam. You just you just have been skeptical about this guy since day one. If you have that much, if you have that much energy, 
bring it onto the field. If you have that much passion for winning, if you want to, if you want to talk as loudly as possible at the press conference, fine. Have it translate on the play calling. When there's a third and long, put the right play on the field where these guys can convert. Know when to call the running plays. Learn about adjustments too. When your team is down, if you can't stop a certain quarterback, make adjustments, work with your coordinators, do everything that the typical jet, the typical jets head coach would not do. I'm tired of the nonsense now with these, with these head coaches that come to this team that don't know a damn thing about, about adjustments, about proper play calling, about putting guys in the right positions to uh, succeed. I'm tired of it. And this guy is going is, is to get all the credit now. Why? Because he, why? Because he was the loudest guy in the room because Adam Gase was, was silent and like people just didn't like him. Like what? Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't do it. You're saying Listen, that you're saying that Robert Sala is going to get all the credit and then not Wilson. I'm just saying, no, I'm, I'm saying that they're giving this, they're giving this guy a great review just by the fact that he was yelling in his, in his press conference, talking about passion all gas and no break. Exactly. All gas. All gas and no break. Yeah. Well, let's see. Are you going to start out the year three and oh? Can we please start? Can we start the year one and oh? That'd be nice. <laughs> Same thing with the Giants, too. Please start the year one and oh. Uh, instead of you got to go freaking Owen. Where did the Jets go? Owen 14. Is that what they went? Ugh. Sub like that. Oh, and 14. Now it's a 17 oh. game season. Oh, and by the way, damn, the Jets really, really missed out on opportunities to draft Trevor Lawrence. Just by looking at him at that draft, dude, when he was with his family, knowing that the whole Jaguars franchise is, is about to change. Damn. Or is they, me- they messed up? No, I think- experts say that Zach Wilson's the best QB in the draft, arm wise. <laughs> well, well, did we hear that Darnold was the best quarterback of the draft? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we heard that. that, we heard that. Really no, no, but I'll tell you this though: the, the but experts out there, like certain experts, did say that Darnold wasn't. They think Josh Allen was. Which you can totally agree with because look at his arm on at, at the combine. You remember he was throwing hundred yard passes. I just I I just think that Trevor is going to take that team to to the next level with Urban Meyer at the helm. Yeah, you kidding me? It's possible, but at the same time, you do got to realize signed all that. those free agents. They signed all those free agents, man. This it's up. It's time. And the Jets missed a freaking opportunity. Well, we know about the Jets free agency class, how they just, they blew it. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy 100%. But at the same time, you got to realize that Urban Meyer is a college coach. Not all college coaches pan out in the NFL. Look at Nick Saban. That didn't work out with the Dolphins. The only, the only college coach that really panned out 
of what I can think of off the top of my head is Pete Carroll out of USC. He made it work. He went to the Seahawks, uh, well, prior to, you know, being on the Jets and other teams before having to go back to USC. And then he comes back and brings the Seattle Seahawks to multiple Super Bowls, makes them a a pretty relevant team. We got to see how Urban Meyer transitions to the NFL. That's the key. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely see. I I can't wait for the um, schedule to come out. We'll have to go game by game like we usually do. Game by game. We'll we'll definitely have to see. I can see them playing the Patriots in week one. Wouldn't that be nifty? (laughs) And then Mac Jones like pulls out four touchdowns. He throws runs all over them. You can see it now. Can't wait. Yeah. I think I think it's time. I mean, before we get into the baseball, I think we you really have a rant about the Nets, and I have a little rant about the Knicks too, and especially the Knicks fans out there, because I am going. Well, I don't really Knicks have fans. like a rant on the Nets. I just it's think more of the, the fans. It's more the fans on Twitter, it's and these fans the, are the Sixers, more, the Knicks. It's more. It's more of the NBA Twitter fans. Um, but um, yeah, Nets, dude. They just need Harden back. It's really that simple. The 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 all the, the team on offense has no true facilitator. Like Kyrie can't can't run an offense. That's just not his game. He's more of a shooter, man. Like he's not like he he he, he he's not guiding the team on, on on the court. Like they they need Harden back. I think that's the biggest thing. Yep. For them. Um, and listen, dude, like I said, playoffs can't come any sooner. You, know, you got to get these playoffs here. The regular season is such a joke now. Like, why would anybody care anymore? Like, really? But the Nets have to keep winning, dude. They, they, they got to find wins here or else they're going to find themselves being the third seed. And then, and then you're talking about playing Milwaukee and Milwaukee for the second round and Philly and Philly for the conference finals. Boy, golly gee, Willikert, that sounds like fun. Yeah. So. <clears throat> You're ready to delete your Twitter because of these NBA fans. Yeah, that's where the big problem is, man. Like, dude, like this is just absolute bullshit now with these people. It really is. I, I just. I get what you're saying. Can't even enjoy a game anymore, dude. Like, you've got these people that are talking about how, like, how, like, oh, fuck, like. I can't even tell you, like, oh, freaking, oh, like, freaking, like, a freaking Drew Holiday father tirade. It's like, it's like two games, man. Like, really? Like, yeah, Drew Holiday is a, is a, is a really good player, but he's not, but, but he's not Kyrie freaking Irving. No. Like, can we stop this nonsense, please? <laughs> You're heated, man. I could feel it's just it. such bullshit. I see on Nick Twitter all the time. Oh, oh, oh uh, Nick's run New York bullshit. Like I'm like, dude, like fucking pay attention to your own damn team. Uh, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Oh, uh, I get what you're saying, man. It's a good time, but let me tell you this about Knicks fans. They really need to chill out, relax, because they're not a championship team. I'll say it over and over and over again. When they go up against any team with any relevant players on them, such as the Denver Nuggets, like last night, they collapse. They collapse. We'll see what happens. They're, they're a paper tiger. Um, what do they, they play tomorrow against Phoenix? Yep. And we'll see what happens there, man. But doubt it. They ain't pulling yeah. out a win. I'm just tired of that 
bullshit, dude. You can't even enjoy. I get that the Nets are hated. I get that KD is not liked. Plus, NBA fans take shit too seriously. Like, who cares who KD wants to have on his damn team? Like, really? Well, it's, it happens to be that everyone he wants on, a t- on his team is a superstar, and that takes away a player that another team could use. Take, what, but like, but what does that mean, though? The NBA has a cap. These guys – Apparently, the Nets don't cap. have a cap. They can pull everyone in. LaMarcus Aldridge. They can pull Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, KD Harden, Dinwiddie. LaMarcus well, Aldridge on the bench. Well, he's, yeah, well, he's retired. retired. But still, he, they were able to pull him in when they had all these a, guys still. Dude, a good percentage of that Net team is a, is a, is a homegrown team. It's a team that came up through the ranks – did what they had to do. Do you think Joe? I know that Joe Harris is, isn't homegrown, but Joe Harris was there during bad seasons. And he was developed into one of the best three-point shooters in the sport. Nick Claxton is is homegrown. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Do the Nets need more players? Do you think they need more players? They need Harden. That's their that's their <laughs> player right there. They need him back bad. What did I tell you? I said he's the anchor. He's the heart and soul of that team. And I was right. He kept you guys alive. He kept you guys alive. Mm-hmm. When Kyrie was off doing whatever he was doing and when KD was making a fashion statement on the sidelines. Plus, Kyrie has been celebrating Ramadan, man. So he's fasting right now. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's, he is. <laughs> he is, dude. He's celebrating Ramadan. So I'm just sick of the trash talk on social media. Dude. I can't freaking take it anymore. Knicks run New York. <laughs> can't take that bullshit. Uh, it is true, man. Like, you expect like to move about, into Knicks like, City. This is what you're going to get. Such crap. We don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, dude. Like, and I think people just don't seem to understand, dude. The Nets don't care where they're seated at. And that's what's made the regular season so insignificant. Do you know how many games KD has missed? You know how many games Harden's missed? The three of these guys have only played seven freaking times. Yeah. This regular season means jack. But that's I, NBA right now, man. It's all about playoffs. Look at the Lakers. You think Laker fans are putting up with are, – are, do you think Laker fans want to put up with this? No. They could be in the freaking play-in tournament, and now LeBron is barking about it. Now that, yeah. now that he knows that he may, that he may have to participate in it. Yeah. But, but like, <clears throat> it's just nonsense, dude. But – you want to get into the in, into the baseball, and then and then we can maybe call it a day. Yes, we can. Uh, the Mets, they, I mean, they split the doubleheader that they had with the Cardinals, which yeah, was they good in a way. Cap. What's interesting is that the game with the opener <laughs> and the bulk guy, they score a bunch of runs, and then they only give up like one run mm-hmm. in this in the first game where they had Marcus Stroman. Team can hit, and Marcus Stroman gives up gives up like like four runs. Tell me, tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't make sense at all. How about when they fired the hitting coach, Chili Davis? Dude, I almost fell off. I almost fell off my chair when I saw that. 
first total week George, of May. Yeah, a total George Steinbrenner move. That was first week of May. Hitting coach is gone. It's like <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't like their. I guessing I'm guessing you didn't like their system. I'm guessing you didn't like how they prepared the hitters. They have been playing know. awful though. Like they haven't been hitting. Uh, I mean, in certain games they have been, but I mean, Lindor batting a hundred, batting in the hundreds. What's the score of, of the game right now? Right Mets now, the Mets, the Mets are playing right now. I didn't even, I didn't even check. Let's let's check this game out right now. I don't think, they're, they're, I don't it's, think t- it's top of the fifth inning against the Cardinals, two to one. The Mets are winning. Top of the fifth. Yep. And this is and this is a nine inning game because yesterday they were all seven inning games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but dude, offense, dude, offense is down throughout baseball. Nobody's hitting really. No, we've been it's talking tough. about this for weeks. So, I mean, the Mets, or how about when the lights went off in the stadium when they're playing the Cardinals? I didn't know that. Was that during the uh, second game? No, it was against the game the other night. It wasn't the doubleheader yesterday. It was the the, the game before then. Hmm. First of the series, the, the lights went out in the stadium at, in, in the ninth when Pete Alonso was up at bat. Really? Yeah. And, and they and they had delayed. Yeah, only for a few seconds, but it was weird. That is really interesting, man. But you know what really like ticks me off about some players today: the approaches at the plate. You ever seen guys go up, go up to the plate and they're just like taking their they're, they're taking a fastball down the pipe for a first strike, yep. second pitch. Second pitch is usually like a like a breaking ball. They'll swing over the top, and then the next pitch, they'll, they'll probably foul off the pitch, and then then pitch after that they'll they'll just strike out looking or strike out swinging. Yep. The worst approaches you'll ever see. I don't know if I don't know if you played little league, but it, coaches teach you to to protect on on two strikes. Mm-hmm. Nobody no no nobody protects. No. Nope. You know what I'm saying? It's like in basketball, nobody uh, nobody defends the freaking perimeter, or nobody goes in, or nobody goes into the paint. Like it's just. Like where is like the where is the where is the de- the defensive urgency when when the count is one two, two two three two even o oh, two like where is it? Nowhere to be found, man. Like that's what really like irks me. And the Yankees are currently playing the Houston Astros. It's the Mid seventh inning, the seventh inning stretch here, three to two. The Yankees are winning actually. Mm-hmm. Second in the AL East right now. Yeah, man, the team was six and eleven in last place, worst team in the league. Yep. And now they're like kind of like storming back here. You got to get on a roll here, man. Like, that's why. Like, <clears throat> okay. It's easy for fans to freak out in April. It's so easy because you really don't imagine the, the season going that long, but it's a long season. Plus, I think fans have this weird, they have this weird, this weird little fantasy that 
that their team is going to be 10 games up by May. It doesn't work like that. Very rarely do teams get out of the gate, like, going, like, crazy and wins. Like, starting off the season, like, 17-2. and two. Like, that's, like, that's hard. You still get all that rust from, from spring training to get off. The, the weather is still kind of chilly. There's rainy days. Like, you know, April weather. It's really hard to overcome it and win a bunch of games in April. That's why the Yankees never really played well in April oh. from the years that I've been watching them. They, they, they just don't play well in April. You know, the elements of, of, of April weather, they really can slow down a hitter. And when it's that cold, the, the, the ball doesn't fly out. So when you get into like July and August, dude, the ball flies out with the heat. <clears throat> Plus, here's another reason why offense is down. The ball is deadened. Because a couple of years ago, the ball was, uh, the ball, what was it, Um, uh, had, um, what was it? And it wasn't there something in it that they said that the, it helped gave the hitters an edge for home runs. Yeah, the ball was like doctored with something, mm-hmm. and the home runs were going out like 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 never before. Now the ball is deadened, so teams aren't really going out of the ballpark as they should. But that's my two cents on baseball, man. Oh, I, I know. But I, at the same time, I, I have a good question for you here. Yeah. What do you make about the, you know, because it's always, it's always a conversation, always a discussion. You mentioned all the home runs. Like, we never seen it before. Baseball always does these things to get people to watch the sport, in which there'll probably be a strike. It'll be a, sh- a strike from the owners mm-hmm. in, in uh, a few years here, maybe sooner than later. But what do you make of the whole steroid users in the in the MLB when we talk about Barry Bonds and that this was what baseball turned a blind eye to these steroid users so that they can get their viewership up? Do you think any of these steroid guys should make the Hall of Fame? And if so, there should there be an asterisk? What's your take on that? I never asked you about that. Oh, on like steroid use in baseball? Mm-hmm. Barry, like Barry Bonds, like the whole steroid era. I think that as the years have gone on and the younger generation has grown more in tune with baseball. I think it's becoming more accepted, not necessarily like people are saying like, Oh yeah, like take steroids. They're good for you. Like not what they're saying is that punishing the steroid users only hurts the game more because you're not, you're not seeing the forest through the trees. You're not looking at the full picture here. The entire league kind of needed the steroid era to survive because people, people seem to forget that baseball was shut down in 1994 mm-hmm. because of a, because of a strike. And it wasn't like people said, oh, they'll be back next year. Nah. Because what people don't know is that the strike was still going on into the first month of of the season. They weren't playing. And then they came back, I think sometime in like late April, something like that. 
I think it was only like two weeks of April that, that, that they missed. But it was a real, like, it was a real hit in the solar plexus of regular baseball fans because the strike was all about the owners wanting to enforce a salary cap in the next CBA. And the players weren't, weren't having it. The union fought them to the death and then the players just said, listen, if we can't come to an agreement, I'm not playing. And that's where the strike happened. And the fans went absolutely apeshit on those players saying like, oh, they're greedy bastards. Like all these guys care about is money. They don't care about the love of the game. Like it's all about, it's all about the dollars for them. And the fans felt betrayed. Their beloved sport was shut, was, was shut down. The season was halted. There was no postseason, no World Series. You could even guess that it was probably the beginning of the end for the Montreal Expos as a franchise because the 1994 Expos were probably on their way to the World Series. I don't know if they would have won it because the Yankees were very good that year. So maybe they could have beaten the Expos. The Expos were definitely on their way to a title run. And when the season was cut short, that completely destroyed the hopes of, of the Expos ever getting back to the postseason. And that really derailed their franchise. That was That's just like a little footnote there. But fans felt betrayed. And when baseball came back, I don't even know that they had trouble with attendance. People weren't buying into it. They were like, this is total crap. Like, why am I, I'm, I'm not going to support these people anymore. You know, they, they freaking ripped my heart out the year before going on strike. And then, and then you got these two guys, one from St. Louis, one from Chicago and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa battling back and forth to break Roger Maris's single season home run record in 1998. And, and it reinvigorated the entire sport. It saved baseball. Just like what Babe Ruth did back in, um, back in the year, back in the year, 1920 uh, with the Yankees, like after well, no, I don't think it was 1920. I think it was 1923. When Babe Ruth came came to the Yankees and was hitting 60 home runs in a season and being the Bambino, saved baseball after the whole 1919 Black Sox scandal. That almost really killed baseball Yep, with the gambling and stuff like that. You could almost kind of say that steroid use saved baseball. I'll put it to you that way. I get what you're saying. You make a strong case. Putting them in the Hall of Fame, I think it's already been done, dude. Pudge Rodriguez is is in the Hall of Fame. He he juiced definitely. Mike Piazza, he was on that list. He's in the Hall of Fame. I think eventually Barry Bonds and Clemens will get will get into the Hall of Fame. Big Poppy is definitely getting in. 
How about Pete Rose? <laughs> well, Pete Rose is a different story. He wasn't steroids. He was because he bet on baseball, yeah. which is which is the which is the cardinal sin of all of baseball. He was banned from the sport. But that's my take on it, dude. I think the younger the person the more they don't care. No. I think they appreciate what Barry Bonds has, has accomplished in baseball. They don't look at the drugs that he used no. to enhance his performance. Like, they don't care. The older generation, they, the older generation does care. Because to them, baseball is all about the numbers, the records, those sacred records. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. This is the thing. We don't know who did steroids. We don't know who didn't. We don't know. There's probably players that could be getting away with it today. We don't know. No, but that's why the younger people don't care because, yeah. see, they're under the assumption that everybody did it. So why should Bonds and Clemens be punished for it when everybody most likely did it? Like, that's their assumption. Crazy. Yeah. But are you ready to wrap this up, man? This is, was a really good. This is a really good show today. Yeah, it was. <laughs> went through it. Went through the the whole New York area. I mean, with sports, the <clears throat> baseball, football, basketball, as we always do every week here. Tony and Mad Max, two thirty p.m. Sometimes four thirty p.m. But we'll be live next week as we are. We want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today, as usual, on the YouTube channel here, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Mad Max Radio Live three sixty five. Yeah, uh, you. I'll give my show souls first, and then you can close out. And yeah. I'll start right now. The Real Max. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at The Real Max. T H E R E E L M A X. Once again, T H E R E E L M A X. You can check out all of our previous shows, Tony and Mad Max, on my YouTube channel, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, or my website, maxrcoglin.com, M A X R C O U G H L A N.com. We're available on all podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Stitcher, Podbean, you name it, we're there. Also, subscribe to this YouTube channel, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, for all the content that we do every week at Thursdays here, talking sports and much more. And Tony, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, man. So, my Instagram is at T A N O O C H 96. Once again, at T A N O O C H 96. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. It's a really great show. Enjoy the nice weather. Don't forget, wear a mask, please. Wash your hands, stay distant. And when it's your time to get a vaccine, please get it. They're now taking walk-ins now. There's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> time to get your vaccine. Seriously, when you get that shot to get the shot, go for it. Mm -hmm. Have a great rest of your day, guys. So long. So long.